We made it to Friday, Spags, and we are looking for redemption on our Ride or Die picks, and we have a very special guest joining us today. We do. We are going to be joined by the great Pat Corain from NBC Sports Edge and, of course, the Ship Chasing Podcast. We are going to do a little game with him, too, as one of the foremost Ronald Jones stands out there. Do a little Ronald Jones high-low to see how Rojo did in week one compared to the running backs. Going to talk about some news, and then we'll do our ride-or-die picks for every single game in week two. So, Pete, hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spaggs, joined by the man you know and love. You're probably watching this on his channel. He's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing good. Uh, this is our uh, last week, or yesterday I said it was our first Thursday show ever, which was wrong. But I do feel confident that this is our first time completing three shows in a week together. I think that's true. I, I feel like, yeah, we only did two in the beginning part. So it is for a, a momentous, momentous, boy, momentous occasion, a momentous occasion Mimosas? like this one. <laughs> we got a special guest here where I entered him up top, but it's Pat Corain from Ship Chasing and NBC Sports Edge. How are you doing, Pat? How is your start to the NFL season? I'm doing good. Yeah. I mean, it was a wild week one for sure. Um, this is like kind of the new routine, right? You get your waivers going. You get all the articles. Uh, I've got a new article that's coming out later today. So that's the first time I've written that. Kind of like settling into stuff. Got all the in-season content you consume. Everything, everything shifts as soon as we get that first week of football. So you make mentioned- sure you are following Pat Crane on Twitter at Pat Crane. Pete, go ahead. Sorry, I was doing the plugs here. Just try to. We're trying to make everybody look good to start here. Now that we're a professional operation, despite doing nothing professional at any any single time in the show. No, I was going to tee Pat up for a plug too because we were brainstorming the name for this column that he was teasing, and I'm wondering uh, what name actually won out, Pat. It's the name that you guys suggested. I believe Pete was the one that came up with it. Uh, Friday walkthrough. That's what we're going with. Wow, that's, you know, honestly, at Football Outsiders, I think we have a Monday walkthrough <laughs> as well. So I think there yeah. might be some some gimmick infringement going on, Pat. I don't know if we're going to have street well, wars here on our, our first show. Oh, wow. this is No wars. Be- <laughs> on Mondays, you can check out Football Outsiders and then come over to NBC Sports Edge on Fridays. There's a different days. You can, you, you know, there's more than enough time in the week. But the, the premise here, Spags, and I'm going to defend the Friday walkthrough here, is uh, that's when NFL teams do their, their final walkthrough yes. before the game. Well, I mean, these guys aren't walking through on Monday. They're, they're icing up. I think up. they take Monday off, so yeah. Honestly, it, it might not even be Monday. I, I don't know the editorial calendar yet, guys. Don't, don't embarrass me on our show. Presented by Football Outsiders. And, of course, people can subscribe over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Get FO Plus in your life. Get DVOA and all those numbers and some of the columns. The walkthrough, I think, is a free column, so you don't get that as part of it. But, Pat, I feel like the one thing I have to say to you is that, uh, obviously, on Splash Play, I do shows with Pete. And I have to say, I watch the ship chasing shows, what you guys did all summer long. And a lot of great gains for you guys making strides whereas we're starting to catch up you know like fractionally i think relative to what you guys have done but it's blowing up too like you have the nbc thing you have the ship chasing thing how are you juggling the many facets of pat corinne um not that well you know it's like (laughs) you kind of lose some sleep uh you gotta i i gotta like talk to pete pete seems to have like blocked off every 15 minute window of his calendar and and is hyper productive so i need to figure out like how do i how do i get everything going because you know like uh i'm very excited for this article that's coming out later where i'm going to be doing like a stats based preview of the week basically but uh, i do need to figure out how to how to get more sleep uh factored in with with ship chasing and nbc sports edge is the puppy still keeping you up at night as well or is he sleeping better <laughs> no he's keeping me up because uh we so when we were in vegas i had him stay at this uh this woman who was boarding him He's not neutered yet, so we couldn't like just put him in kind of the the public spot. So it was like a friend of a friend who watched him, but she was crate training him, and he's not very good. He's like essentially not crate trained, and she was like, "So this is like a problem that you guys need to work on." So <laughs> I'm alone this week. Brittany's in California, so I'm uh, letting you know I'm I'm putting the dog in the other room, and then he he wakes up like three times a night and barks. You know, because he's not crate trained, because we didn't do what we we're supposed to do when he was a puppy. <laughs> we just let him run around loose so we'd get more sleep. So now I'm now I'm doing it. I don't know why I picked. I mean, could you, like, 
picking week one of the NFL football season to crate train a puppy was probably not the right move. No. But that's well, what I'm doing. Do you know the pro tip with that, though, is that they can hold their bladder as long as uh, however many months old they are plus one. So that's like if so I remember that when oh. I'm my Labrador where we'd be getting up. I got her at, I think, one month in. So we we're waking up every two hours at night to take her out and then every three hours. But that's the one thing I would say from crate training, because I feel like, I, you know, dog rearing difficult crate training is the one thing that I feel like you can get down to a science. He's 10 months old. So it, I mean, he's not barking because he oh, so he should be good. He's he's just like really needy. Honestly, like oh. he just. Pat coddled just, him, and now he's paying the piper. I've coddled, I've coddled him so hard. <laughs> <laughs> You've coddled too many people in your life. If we're gonna not name names here, some <laughs> on this show. Oh, wow. I don't know. This walkthrough uh, stuff is really spilling over into the rest of the episode. <laughs> Uh, but we appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Of course, make sure to hit the like button whether you're watching on Peach Channel, the Splash Play Channel. Make sure to follow at Pat Corain, follow at Peter Overzet, and follow at Chris Spags. And also follow at Splash Play Pod because we follow back everybody on there, unless you're a private account because we don't want to be weirdos and scope. I don't know, really snoop into your window, I guess, like a peeping Thomas, how it feels like when you follow a private account. But everybody else, we're following on at Splash Play Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. So please do that. And uh, let's talk about some of the news, guys. We got some injuries that actually matter for the week. And this is a big one, Pete. I saw your Fantasy Life newsletter that I feel like the titling of it just seemed alarmed about the Will Fuller situation. <laughs> but Will Fuller out again due to a personal issue. Flores, the quote was he's going to, quote unquote, will respect Fuller's privacy and not reveal more. But it came as a surprise to him. He doesn't know if Fuller will join the team this season. So, Pat, you are, as we talked about, one of the leading best ball experts out there. You've been doing this since before there were even rosters out there, basically, with some of the shows you're doing. How do you feel about this news for Will Fuller, given a lot of people investing in him and thinking he's going to be the, the really the, the medicine here for a lot of what's ailed too over the last year yeah it's not great i mean <clears throat> i have a ton of will fuller in best ball pete and i have a ton of will fuller in our high stakes portfolio i believe he's our most rostered player across all of our high stakes teams so heavily invested in will fuller season um he was just mispriced this year obviously no one knows what's going on with the personal issue um but you know putting that aside he was just completely mispriced i thought so I feel like it was the right process to load up and get even more exposure than, you know, maybe I would with another type of player just because I he was probably mispriced by two rounds. Um, I'm still not panicking over this. I mean, from some of the beat writers that I saw, they were like, you know, he doesn't Flores doesn't really comment on anything. So the, the comment about him not being around for the rest of the season, he was just like, I'm not going to comment on that is the way I think that's how I'm reading it. So no one knows, no one knows what's going to happen with this, but I don't think we should start to read into the idea that he's going to miss like the rest of the season or not be with the team. Hopefully he'll be back in week three. I did think it was a weird choice of words though, for him to say to like even float the idea that he might not be back, you know, because someone then asked Fuller and he said he was taking it day to day. Normally the coaches use that language all the time, day to day, week to week, you know, we'll reevaluate next week. So just the fact that he even tossed that out there made it seem like maybe subconsciously Flores does have some concern that whatever this issue is might not just be able to be resolved super quickly. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah, definitely some risk profile there. And we are seeing in the chat, Corey saying, Will Fuller's personal issue is taking food from my family so, so hungry. As we all know, there's one thing that players out there care about more than anything. It is, in fact, how fans at home are feeling about them relative to their expenditures. So we got to pour one out for poor Corey right now. Yeah, and I mean, as far as, you know, for DFS this week, for lineup setting, I mean, I think we roll into another good week here for both Waddle and Parker Pat, are there any other guys that you think you want to kind of bump up a little bit more with this news? No, I, I'm pretty um, bearish on Gesicki. I, I don't like it all. His setup, his his uh, routes out of the slot were way down um, from where they were in 2020. I think Waddle's hurting him there. It, it's not like Waddle completely locks him out because they'll have him in the slot with Waddle in the slot as well and basically kind of do like a fake four wide receiver set. But he's not playing like he used to. The, the kind of like the slot wide receiver with tight end designation thing is gone with him. And he's also splitting time with uh, with uh, Durham Smythe. And then Adam Shaheen is back this week. He had COVID. He's, he's going to be back. So there's an additional tight end he's going to be rotating with. So um, I, I think Waddle and Parker, the guys, I'm less excited about this offense overall, though, because uh, they weren't particularly pass heavy 
Uh, they, they rank 29th in pass rate over expected in week one. Um, I was hoping that with Fuller, they were going to kind of unleash Tua and, you know, there's going to be in this kind of shootout script with the Bills. It's a little harder to see that now. Um, so I, I just kind of losing a little bit of enthusiasm for the offense overall as well. Yeah, worth pointing out too, Mike Kosicki ran 17 routes in week one, so that's definitely a drop-off, 10 less than some of the wide receivers, Waddle and Devontae Parker, so something to keep an eye on here with some of the bodies coming back in. As Pat mentioned, another injury that matters, Odell Beckham out again. Last week, we saw Anthony Schwartz be one of the top air yards guys out there. There's a first mention for the show, so everybody out there get their drinking out of the way right away. Uh, but Pat, how are you feeling about Anthony Schwartz in this spot, or I guess the Browns overall in a week where they had one of the highest totals on the board, over 30 implied points for them going against Houston, where they're a 13-point favorite against the Houston team that was shockingly spry in week one. Yeah, uh, uh, Anthony Schwartz was really impressive. He had a very strong yards per route run right out of the gate. Um, we thought it was going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones who was going to be the guy here, uh, but immediately Schwartz was getting you know peppered with targets. But Peoples-Jones actually ran more routes. Uh, he ran around on 84% of dropbacks, Schwartz uh, at 55%. So I don't think you want to kind of overreact. Like, I wouldn't expect that they were just going to kind of flip that and and all of a sudden Schwartz will have the bigger role. Um, if anything, I think that Jarvis Landry is probably the most interesting guy here. He was, he was efficient last week. He had a 2.63 yards per route run. He's now set up with these double deep threats in Schwartz and Peoples-Jones. And he's the guy who can clearly kind of eat in the intermediate area and in the shallow area of the field. Uh, even David Njoku was used primarily downfield. So there's lots of ways they can stress the defense deep, and then Landry can be, have a high-volume role underneath. So he's my favorite way to to attack from the, the Browns' side in terms of the passing game. Pete, what are you thinking here in this spot with no, no Odell again, high total spot? We saw Nick Chubb kind of dominate a lot of the scoring in that spot. So who do you think there's a beneficiary in Cleveland, or I guess is there one overall? Yeah, I was talking about this with Bimefor a little bit ago because someone was wondering if uh, Landry would be another good – DFS play and I mean I think he's priced up at 6300 and it's a 12 and a half point spread so I I would much prefer Landry in the spot where it's a closer game you you know they might be forced to pass a little bit but if this goes any way that Vegas thinks it's going to go then I mean they're just going to run the crap out of the ball so I I don't mind Landry but I just feel like there's so many other ceiling guys there I guess we can see where the ownership settles on on Schwartz because like Pat said he did look good um but again he's not the kind of profile that you want to chase at high ownership you want him you know sub five percent so you can feel good about the spike week if you get it and then some other injuries here to get through real fast Jamison Crowder we're also going to look at some of the questions in the chat too I see some good questions being asked so don't worry we'll cover all that stuff too Jamison Crowder Keelan Cole on track to play this weekend the Jets in a projected pretty low scoring game in this spot as well uh the total on this one let me just make sure I have the most recent one but the total in this one looks like for them 18.5 implied points New England a six point favorite going on the road for that spot but uh Pete I'll ask you first Corey Davis a guy who looked really good in the week and we saw also Braxton Berrios get you know a good amount of run as well in that slot receiver role do you think having Jamison Crowder and also have Keelan Cole back in the mix is this going to be something that does materially hurt Corey Davis this week um maybe I mean Zach Wilson just feels like he absolutely loves Corey Davis uh I don't know I I would my maybe be interested in kind of going back and buying the dip on Elijah Moore you know he burned basically everyone last week who was jamming him in uh so I think going back to him because he did have decent air yards usage and Pat can probably speak to it uh more than I can but um if Corey Davis catches a decent amount of ownership I'd probably uh rather galaxy brain myself back to Elijah Moore Pat, how about you here? Do you have any interest at all in this Jets uh, wide receiver core that you know could benefit here? Zach Wilson throwing the ball downfield did that in college too. Is this a spot where you're going to trust any of these guys this week? I don't think so, especially if the field is into Corey Davis after you know a strong week one. Um, I would rather just fade the Jets, which I think is an easy fade. Wilson was uh, last among all quarterbacks in expected points added per play. Uh, he was he was not good. Once you filter out garbage time, once you once you uh, take the win probability filter, get rid of that garbage time because he he had a, a you know Denzel Mims was on the field for when Zach Wilson looked good. That tells you just how kind of garbage timey it was. <laughs> and uh, when the game was at when the outcome was actually in doubt, he was the least efficient quarterback in the league. He faced a ton of pressure. He faced pressure on fifty one percent of his dropbacks, third highest in the league. He had a 31% completion percentage on those plays. He had some big plays, 
His his yards per completion under pressure was 21.8. He had some big plays to Davis. He could add another big play um, to Elijah Moore, but he the ball went right through his arms. But uh, I'm not I'm not interested in taking Zach Wilson in his second start going against Bill Belichick. You know, after he just played pretty poorly under pressure overall, and I think is going to face a lot of pressure this week as well. So I think the easier move is just to to find another pivot at wide receiver on a different team. I also have to point out here, Pete, I, I laughed at it, but Pete didn't even respond. The Denzel Mims shade now, Pete, are you just accepting it that we're saying that Denzel Mims is basically a garbage time receiver after you, you thought snaps. he was going to be the next Jerry Rice? I mean, I, the three snaps is honestly a victory. It seemed like he wasn't even going to ever see the field again. So, like, we're we're victory laughing those three snaps, baby. Um, any other injuries, Pete, that you think are worthwhile? I have Zach Ertz on here, but do we, I don't know that we want to keep doing the Zach Ertz thing at this point in our lives. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only other one I kind of wrote up today is uh, both yes- yesterday, both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift were limited. Uh, I don't think it's necessary, uh, you know, super cause for concern. But if we get more limited or, or more bearish on them, I think Jamar Jefferson is a guy you could uh, kind of just stash uh, for the next two days and maybe churn out if it doesn't work, because he would be pretty interesting uh, if if one of those guys were out. All right, so let's keep it going here. And guys, make sure you are hitting that like button. Also, if you are uh, not subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, do that now. Go subscribe and give us five stars and a review. If you missed some of the shows this week, we are doing three days a week, 2.30 Eastern, Monday, Thursday, and Friday. But we are also giving away guest spots and randomizer boxes if you just leave us a five-star and a review rating on Apple Podcasts. So go, if you want to be a part of this magic that's in the air right now on the show, please go subscribe and also give us five stars and a review. And you could be on here on Splash Play, uh, throwing shade at Denzel Mims, just like the rest of us, but it is it is time. You have a rebuttal, Pete? No, that's how you get kicked off the show and end your uh, guest spot very quickly. Oh, that's sad. I mean, I got kicked off the show yesterday, so it happens to the best of us, is what yeah, I. Yeah, what say. did you do? That what was the offense? I think I was just existing. Was probably <laughs> no. You, I think you took a shot at Laird, which was just so that actually I did. I think. No, I yeah. said we should point out he's on the practice squad. He's ready to strike at any moment. It's, you know, if, if there were a Gaskin or Ahmed issue, you know. No, the, the tone was very condescending and deserving of a timeout. Speaking of a tone that's condescending, it's time for Ronald Jones High Low, where we all know High Low, you're drafting two cards. You see which one comes out higher. Pat, I'm sure you know as well as anybody, is one of the foremost Rojo stands out there. Tough week one for Rojo, not getting a lot of love. Apparently, the outlook will be better moving forward. But first of all, I guess, what do you think about the prospects? I'll I'll ask that. What are the prospects for Rojo, Pat, moving forward? And then second of all, how do you feel about this game? We're going to be comparing basically any running back to Rojo and seeing if he won out in terms of any stats. You're going to compare stats from week one to Rojo's yep. stats? That's the game that we didn't have a lot of time <laughs> to think of a bit for you, What Pat, have I so done to you? <laughs> like, literally, I mean, pick anybody. They're going to be pick Zach Moss is probably better. Like, what, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, well, yeah, I don't feel great about that part of it. I mean, <laughs> the the Rojo back from the dead narrative was is pretty funny. I mean, uh, Bruce Arians said he's starting the game and then later clarified to mean that he, he is a starter but also Leonard Fournette is a starter, and also Giovanni Bernard is a starter. (laughs) So they're all starters, which not I'm pretty sure they're not going to run a three running back set on the first snap, so that's not true. Uh, Yeah, so it's all meaningless. I really don't want to help you relapse that, but the Bucs are 12.5 point home favorites against the Falcons, and as Corey says, it looks like bash spot for Rojo. <laughs> you better have a sprinkle in your pat if you don't have a single entry uh gpp team with rojo you you lose the card all right I, i'm gonna go over to fanduel you know you gotta play for the <laughs> touchdowns on i'm gonna do it on fanduel you, hey if i'm playing for maybe i'll do it on yahoo that's that's when you really know wow all right so, so let, <laughs> let's try it this way then because i think we all know it's a low line here for rojo so let's see if you could if you guys could come up with a back that actually did play some snaps and hopefully got a touch in week one that would be a little bit lower than rojo the first stat i'll ask pat intended touches or so like you know mixing targets plus uh the rushes that rojo had i have him at four intended touches in week one can you can you guess a running back that would be less in terms of intended touches than rojo is sony michelle but who actually played? He so played. he played. He played. Did he play? But he didn't. He didn't touch the ball at all. Did he? Yeah, he okay. did. Yeah, no, he, he did. did. You know what? All right, you win this one. Uh, Sony <laughs> Michelle had had one rush for two yards. So yeah. there, you, there right. you go. 
Uh, Pete, how about you? Give me a back that might have been uh, beaten by Rojo in his week one showing. All right, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy McNichols. Don't screw it up. <laughs> okay, Jeremy McNichols, in fact, had... Uh, let's see. Oh, no, nope. He had four targets and two rushes. So he had more than Rojo in week uh, one. Wow. And I, I really failed there. Uh, how about Alex Collins? Okay. Alex he Collins. Was a, he was a healthy scratch. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Penny then got her. All right. Mm-hmm. So very close with Rojo on that one. Um, oh, here, here's one for you. Do you think Jarrett Patterson of Washington had more uh, intended touches than Rojo did? No, he did not. Pete, I'm gonna say he did. He did not. He had two, but he, but he, but it's right in the hunt there. He's really half a rojo. I feel like give or <laughs> right take, just hunt. for standard deviation, we're right there. If you have one, you're in the hunt. Yeah, <laughs> I like four. how we we brought Pat on to just rub his nose in the Ronald Jones shit. <laughs> yeah, you did. I I know he got benched. <laughs> I'm not denying Let's, he got benched. We threw. Take it together at the last second. Apparently, it's not working. How about Cordero Patterson? Do we think he had more than Rojo? Yeah, uh, he had more. Yeah, he did have more. And in fact, he had more of a higher share of the yardage than Mike Davis as well. So we can yeah. we could we could all hurt from that. Then I guess is another way to do it. Um, let's. Yeah, you know, honestly, I I don't love this bit, Pete. <laughs> It just feels mean. Button. It's a gone bit, but but Pat, give the people make the sales pitch for Rojo one that, more time. I love here. that this is <laughs> this bit mixed with Pete bullying me into playing him in DFS this week. Like <laughs> I'm getting him from both sides. I love oh man, he was so bad. But he better play. Yeah, look, I mean, we got to know when a bit works and when it doesn't. And usually Pete and I brainstorm, but Pete was busy with his show. I just set my chat over you. We like to do our guest-specific bits. The alternative, Pete, would have been if we had Pat look at ships like we did for, uh, um, for who was it that we did that last year? Um, Harditz. We had Harditz looking at helicopters. Oh, at helicopters, football players. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. The, if I had more time, my other idea would have been to, like, go through old Bruce Arians quotes and see if you could guess which player he was talking about because Ooh. Arians mm. is just... He that guy talks just He's so a big much liar. shit. He's just all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, he okay. really enjoys lying. Kyle Shanahan, Bruce Arians really enjoy lying. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do so. I think we've kind of done this already, but Pete, we're bringing back some bits from last year. I feel like we might as well segue into the troll equity slash troll play of the week. We'll do the ride or die picks after that. But of course, the troll play, Pete, the play that we know is most likely to screw over a large portion of fantasy players' preconceived notions of what's going to happen in a given week. Uh, some obvious chalk out there that we could talk about. Najee Harris could be very highly owned. Apparently, Chris Carson going to be highly owned. Uh, Mari Cooper, it looks like, going to have some ownership. So just some thought starters there, Pete. But who would you have for your troll play of the week here heading into week two? Yeah, you mentioned Najee is going to be extremely popular. Also, everyone very, very down on Big Ben after week one, rightfully so. I think the troll play of the week is Big Ben like tosses a couple touchdowns in their like random ass touchdowns. We're talking like James Washington, Pat Phil Helmuth, all the good stuff there. And then also he rushes one in from the one, a QB sneak. Everyone's just salivating for the Najee goal line carry. Big Ben sneaks it in for the one for the troll play of the week. All right, Pat, you kind of get the principle there from Pete. I think that's a reasonable one to look at. Who do you think has the potential to be a troll play? I guess besides Roger just rubbing it in our faces, but that wouldn't be a troll play to you. So I don't know if that counts. Well, looking at who's expected to be chalky, uh, I think you have a couple options. Van Jefferson would be a nice one to go back to. Um, Personally, I mean, that would be a fun troll play because Ben Gretsch would be absolutely tilted again if if Van Jefferson has two strong games to open the season. But also, Cooper Cup's going to be pretty chalky. So we can all tilt together if Van Jefferson, an absolutely terrible second-round pick, uh, goes off this week. And we did have some uh, some people in the chat talking about just stacking up the Chargers-Dallas game, which is one of the pretty high total, uh, over 54 on most books out there. But I will take as a troll play, and this guy's actually going to be okay ownership, or I guess a, a little bit more owned than I would have guessed. But Ezekiel Elliott coming into this game, putting up a 25-100 line, somehow getting some pass catches, making it so this, pa- this game just really doesn't work on either side. I don't know the likelihood of that happening. I do think Zeke uh, has not looked as good as Tony Pollard for probably about a year now. But the idea, guys, of I think Zeke coming in and somehow ruining this beautiful, pristine pass game matchup is it brings me joy in my heart. But also just really the trolling would be strong and, and just chef's kiss. Is that yeah, you- like, can I bet on that? Because I actually it seems like Zeke be somewhat chalky because I was yeah. kind of intrigued by making that exact troll play as a real 
is a real core play of my week. But I think e- if I don't want to do that, it's Zeke's chalky. Yeah, ETR has him at twenty percent right now, eighteen point oh. eight. Yeah. Osmo has him at 10, so I think that might be – maybe people are disagreeing on that. I 20% seems high for a guy who played that poorly. Like, we know you know, the a lot of the Zeke, casual though. players do drive that ownership. It is but, Zeke, but I don't know. I think that you have two factors going for Zeke. You do have a, um, a little bit of, you know, the field is sharper, and they think that the usage is still going to be good. He's not going to play the Bucks defensive line every week. And then on top of it, you have him as the trendy – like, I think it's a contrarian pivot, but it's not contrarian. Yeah. It's like because Co- Cooper and Lamb are such incredible plays that people are going to be like, oh, like just like Pat said, like the early week was like, oh, man, Zeke's the guy. But then all of us are going to say Zeke's the guy throughout the week and that he's 20 percent. Yeah, I actually I like making lineups early in the week. And then I basically like I kind of like mix them all in a bag later so I don't get tied to the early ones. But the when I do that, I often end up on chalk plays that I think are going to be contrarian. And I was like immediately gravitating to Zeke. I was like, oh, this is like great contrarian play. And so I I, I agree with Pete. I think it's going to be the fake contrarian play that everyone ends up on. So, yeah, my, my gut tells me that I think just you look through the numbers here where we had Amari Cooper with 17 targets, CeeDee Lamb with 15 targets in week one, and also, you know, Gallup being unavailable. I think that the ownership for Cooper and Lamb gets closer to 25 to 30 percent. And then Zeke, I would say, you know, obviously I might be biased to the Osmo ownership projections, given that they have helped me make a lot of money over the over the years, especially in NBA. But I would say for this one, I think Zeke is going to hold the 10 percent. And I think if you're talking yourself out of it, I would just be reluctant to do that. I would be at least with the field. then if you like him, like be with the field then on ETR's 20 percent. I'm not going to be with the field on Zeke. (laughs) It's easy to talk ourselves out of Zeke. I mean, I I need like 5 percent on Zeke. I need massive leverage if I'm putting Zeke in my GVP lineups. Yeah, what about Cor- Pollard? Now we can start that. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's the real on. Galaxy brand. And that's actually an interesting <laughs> point here by Corey, because we, we probably talk about this for a second, too, saying DK contests are so evolved that you have to pivot off the pivots, play Pollard. I think there's something to that. Like, I think that's actually an issue I have with industry-wide with ownership projections. Is I think they're kind of operating off of this platonic ideal of people not knowing as much as they do know and, and you know, not using ownership projections and all of that. So I guess, is that a question? Like, how do you guys feel about that? Because I do think there is a risk of certainly galaxy-braining yourself out of, as Pete has talked about a lot in his shows, like, out of some of these plays. But, Pete, are you maybe sensing that could be the case that just people too hyper-aware of these things and then the ownership just ends up kind of muddied as a result? Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying it earlier, too. I, I think it is important to track ownership movements. Like, look at the early week, like, first look one. Check in on it again on Friday. Listen to, you know, some content over the weekend. And then Sunday, look at it again. Like, all those sites, ETR, Osmo, update their ownership Sunday morning. And I think you can really get a feel for where sentiment is moving just looking at those shifts and kind of the change logs there. And I think you can be aware with it because there are, you know, someone in the chat earlier said, are we going to galaxy brain ourselves off of that chargers thing? Like if we get really, you know, uh, a strong headwind of everyone saying this is the chalk game, avoid it, avoid it. Like maybe it does fall back a little bit, but I think the, the most interesting thing for this slate for DFS is how many good games we have late to where it almost doesn't matter because you're going to be able to make those decisions with so much information from the 1 p.m. games. And then you can choose, like if you're rolling early, you can eat some lamb or Cooper chalk. If you're behind, then you can't play it. So I feel like the decision will all be for you. I also think there's some, you can get contrarian. Like I wouldn't be playing Pollard because that running back spot's like so valuable. I don't want to be, that, that feels a little bit galaxy brain to me, but you know, the tight end spots aren't that valuable. You could, I, you could talk yourself into them playing more two tight end sets without Gallup. And Schultz, you know, was already fairly heavily targeted on his routes. If he runs a few more routes, you know, uh, you could do like a Schultz and then play the Chargers side of it primarily. Um, and then maybe you mix it. Maybe you get a Lamb going too, but you don't have to get Lamb and Cooper. So you can, I feel like you can figure out, you can kind of like let the field decide where it wants to be and then kind of figure out ways that you can get in there and, and get a little taste uh, as well. And it's Mookie in the chat, I think, with uh, the take here that probably sums it up the best. And now everybody's pivoting off the pivots and playing Pollard, and therefore Cooper and CD become underowned. I think that could end up being something of a reflection of the case. I would say probably more at single entry more than anything would be one of yeah. my thoughts. But I don't know. Pete, if you wanted the single entry take, feel free to throw it in. 
No, I just like the the chat getting progressively more like levels on levels on levels. We got Alex now tossing out a Schultz Guyton. I mean, we are one away. Someone Schultz do the Donald Guyton. Parham thing in the chat that we could we could put a wrap on this conversation. Schultz Guyton is too Galaxy Brain for the Millie Maker. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. would, that would be that's nuts. for your that's for the you know the the ten million person contest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's do let's go game by game here and do our ride or die picks. And and Pete, please give the explanation once more of ride or die picks, and please include the explanation who won week one i actually don't know that's kind of our accountant's job to kind of look into and take care of that stuff um yes ride or die we go through the game you can make a, a pick uh of your choosing it can be fantasy related it could be sports betting and basically you get rewarded based on how aggressive you are the way i like to think about it is if you're taking like a spread bet um you know say you're taking falcons for 12 and a half like the odds of that are roughly 50 percent so that's a one pointer if you're getting a little bit more aggressive say a money line bet or say a player over 20 DraftKings points who's projected for 13 or 14 that's a three pointer and if you get really crazy hail mary like jalen guyton top 10 score on the slate that's a 10 pointer so one three or 10 points spags and i uh me especially tend to go very aggressive and have awful records it is up to our guest, Pat Crane, to decide how he would like to play this. Yeah, so there it is. And also worth pointing out, Pete, I, I know you saw the tweet, but I did victory lap very early to Terry McLaurin captain yesterday because we we both ruled him out right away as saying, like, we can't pick him for ride or die picks. And I think we might need to think more about that because we're going to hurt our pick record if we start ruling out guys that we both uniformly agree are the best players. Have I ever been concerned about my pick records? That's a good point. I, <laughs> I guess that, that's been true. That's the results show. I think that you have not <laughs> cared nearly enough. Uh, but let's do it, guys. And also make sure we, we are, of course, presented by Football Outsiders. So go to football outsiders.com slash subscribe going to be talking a lot about dvoa throughout this process so go get some of that data in your life very cheap packages over there and of course check the details as well for some of pete's various partners including run the sims that does a great job giving additional data and nbc sports edge as well doing great data as well so if you're doing just one data source you are doing a, a disservice to yourself out there so get a lot more in the mix be a part of it uh let's go the first game i <laughs> i am concerned about my record i want to win i want to be the best like no one ever was <laughs> all right no to catch wins is my real test <laughs> anyway just, just relax first game up houston 17.5 implied points against cleveland 30.5 implied points books line on this one is minus 13 the edge sports line edjsports.com where uh that's a company i work for now they run a hundred thousand simulations they have it as a 10 point line and uh since pat you are the guest here pick any bet dfs play or fantasy i guess marker that you want to hit here for this game this is the the Browns game. Yep, Browns Houston. Okay, I'm gonna say that Nick Dub scores from 40 yards out twice. Okay, that's a 10 pointer. Yeah, that's I could. I I was wondering how Pat was gonna play this entire segment. We now know. Uh, <laughs> bucket half court shots. Let's go. That's a eerily specific half court shots. <laughs> yes, I like it. I like it. All right, Pete, what do you want? I'll do the move that Spags tries to do against me, Pat, which is like leverage against my pick uh, to where I miss and then he wins. So I will say, uh, I would assume this would be a three-pointer. Kareem Hunt outscores Nick Chubb. I think that's a fair three-pointer, yeah. Okay. Um, for me, I will say that, um, I'll say Donovan Peoples-Jones, 100-yard and a touchdown. That feels like a 10-pointer. What do you think, Pat? What are the odds of that feels happening? Like a Is three pointer. that really? Do we like D DPJ that much? I mean, <laughs> how about this? You know. Boost it up to 120 yards and a touchdown. I'll give you 10. Yeah. How about yeah. 110? 115. <laughs> Done. 115 and a touchdown <laughs> for Donovan. <laughs> Hoping that all those air yards poured over from Anthony Schwartz to Donovan Peoples-Jones, but yeah, I feel like I feel like you guys Our really screwed me on this. Mims. <laughs> Peoples-Jones had one target against Kansas City, and all of a sudden he's going to be this world beater. Unfair, unfair. I mean, we we literally wrote a blurb about Donovan Peoples-Jones every day this summer about how good yeah. he looked, and then it's just like, oh no, it's Anthony Schwartz. <laughs> like we all knew Anthony Schwartz was a sleeping tiger and he was just waiting to be awoken as in a game environment like that last one. Uh, next game up, San Francisco, 26.3 implied points. Philadelphia, three-point dog at home, 23.3 implied points. Book line on this one is minus three for San Francisco. The edge sports line minus one, so maybe a little bit of a, a benefit here to taking the Eagles. And I'll actually go first on this one because I'll completely eschew the order of things. And I will say Philadelphia wins this one outright. And I guess... Oh, this is something we haven't done before, Pete. Can I parlay that to get more points out of it? Because I feel like the outright win is probably a three-pointer. 
Um, sure. I'll let you parlay it. Okay, so I will parlay um, that with a hundred yards and a TD for Devonta Smith. Okay. All right, I'll allow that. Um, I am going to just do um, <clears throat> Elijah Mitchell. I'm seeing projected for eleven point seven points. I'll say Elijah Mitchell is the truth. I'll say he goes over twenty DK points for a three pointer. All right, Pat. Do you want to take some Elijah Mitchell chalk like Pete, or you want to go somewhere else? He's not going to be chalk. That's what's crazy. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah, I can't tell if that means we just made a huge mistake on waivers or or what, um, or we should or he should be chalk. I don't know. One of them is wrong. Uh, is this a three pointer? I'll say George Kittle outscores Debo Samuel. Um, what is, is there? I mean, the projections for Debo it's like a big jump after week one from what I'm seeing. Osmo has him at eighteen point two, uh, Kittle at fourteen point four. So. I, have those, I think that's a one-pointer because they're so close uh, that I'm seeing in, like, projections. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm okay with that. I would give him a three-pointer, too, because Pat's a guest, and we do tend to give, be a little bit nicer. Fine. Let's give him three points, but I don't, right, not, I don't feel good about it. How would you look at Pat and not give him what he wants? I look mean, at that face. He did the Dick Chubb uh, double 40-yard <laughs> yeah, TD. Yeah, that gave so him a lot of equity on that one. I could have said once, probably, and you would have given him 10. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, next game up, we got New Orleans, 24 implied points. There we go. I got one from Corey on the screen there for Brandon Ake. Aaron Ake has to be slightly better, one would hope. Uh, maybe for a 10-pointer, yeah, one catch. New Orleans, 24 implied points. Going into Carolina, a three-and-a-half-point dog at home, it looks like. Uh, the edge line on this one is going to be closer to two, so keep that in mind if you want to make a bet on it. Um, and then, I guess, Pete, you can go first on this one. Uh, okay, I will say, uh, can I get three? How many points do I get for Christian McCaffrey not a top five running back on the slate? That's a three, I think. Okay, how far? What number do I have to do to get ten? Um, ten, top ten. Okay, let's do it. Let's push the chips in. I like Christian McCaffrey this week. I just want ten points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pat, do you agree with Pete's slander of the unequivocal number one running back who no. had thirty touches in his last game? <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> Not quite. I mean, I, I will say, like, we don't know what happened last week with the Saints. It was really weird what they did to the Packers. Uh, it's certainly possible that their defense is awesome. Uh, no one really expected that. but um, And I also think that the Panthers got a little bit lucky in their week one matchup with the Jets. Like, I, I don't think the Jets offense is going to end up being very good. So things could get kind of ugly for the Panthers. So there's, it's not crazy. Thank you. All right, what do you want for your pick in this one, Pat? And it's worth pointing out again. Uh, I'm just going to read the DVOA numbers for New Orleans real fast. Apparently, they were minus 46% in DVOA in that matchup against Green Bay. Also against rushers, minus 42.3%. So I guess that does lend a little credence to, per, to Pete's bet here. But, Pat, take what you want. Um, how many points does DJ Moore need to score for him to be a three-pointer? A three-pointer? Uh, over, over, over 20 is normally okay. a, a safe threshold. Yeah. I'll, do, I'll say that. Okay, so that's a reasonable one. Sam Darnold didn't look that bad in week one either. Um, for me, I will take uh, Jameis continues his tour de force renaissance that Jameis continues with another four-touchdown game. Is that a 10-pointer? Another four-touchdown? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, and he yeah, had five last week, so to be clear, I am saying he's not going to quite get to the same heights, but like over four, that feels that feels brave. That feels brave enough. Uh, All right. On the one hand, I, 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 I'm realizing the the real key to this game is figuring out exactly where the line is at ten points and just hitting that. I need to. I need to. Yeah, there's layers of nuance, and it really also there's a human capital component to it with Pete and my negotiations, and then how nice we're going to be to the guests. Like Pete knows you better. We've done shows, so we're going to be probably meaner to you than we would be to like a reef when he comes on. So I don't know. Well, there's also an entertainment standpoint, and. I'm willing to entertain the crowd while you knit it up and just, you know, make picks that no one gets excited about. I make people feel things when I say my absurd picks, Bags. That's true. You stir up their emotions, their loins. Not a top ten back. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's definitely. When people that's smash their laptop, that's a sign you've done a good show. Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Pete going Even blurry. Your camera hated that take. 
There we go. <laughs> Hates a lot. He's of going with that, that old school, uh, like aging TV host camera where it just gets blurrier every year. So you can't see the wrinkles. Also, I need to point out, we got 150 people in Pete's stream right now. Only 27 likes. So please hit that like button, guys. Does help Pete out and does help out all your favorite content creators on YouTube a bunch. So please hit that like button. Next game, Cincinnati, 21.8 implied points. Chicago, 23.8 implied points. Uh, the book line on this one's minus two. Edge sports line, minus three. So pretty efficient. And I guess, uh, Pat, we're back to you to go first. Uh, Damian Williams outscores David Montgomery. Now that's that's a 10-pointer. Yeah, it's a 10. I think it's a 10. Um, I guess I'll go second on this one, and I will say that with Chicago DVOA numbers are real bad in week one. Um, I'll say Joe Mixon. Okay, what's – I don't know if I want a 10-pointer for Mixon. Pete, what would be 150 yards, uh, total all-purpose yards for Joe Mixon and a touchdown? That, see, this is where we get into weird territory where that's probably like a five or a six pointer. So it has to be a three. No rounding up here. Mm-hmm. All right. You know what? I'll take it at the three because I do feel like it's pushing it to get to the 10. So I'll take 150 yards and a TD for, for Joe Mixon. All right. I'll take a three pointer. Tyler Boyd outscores Joe Mixon. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best probability be bet, but I that's do get the one. leverage. All right, next game up, Buffalo, 25.3 implied points. Miami, 22.3 implied points. And this is one where the Edge Sports line does think that Miami could win it. Minus one for them is the line, uh, but it is a plus three for Miami at home in this one. Pete, what do you want in this game between Buffalo and the Dolphins? Uh, I will say uh, for 10 points, Stefan Diggs, highest uh, scoring wide receiver on the slate. Okay, I had some, I don't know that's, that doesn't even feel like a 10-pointer. He's the highest projected wide receiver on the slate, I think. Yeah, but if you look at the probability of anyone being the highest scoring, <laughs> even the best, it's probably like a 12 or 13% for even the best chance. You're right, but <laughs> I think that goes against the logic we've had in this game. What do you mean? Well, like, we don't, because if a guy's a top projected play, we're basically treating them like they're the top receiver already for how we've played the game. Right, but the the way the scoring works is based on the probability that an event happens. 50% chance, one-pointer, 25 to 30, three-pointer, 10% or less, it's a 10-pointer. Oh, how I hate sharpening up Pete, who knows win probabilities now for all these different bets, but you, fine. You yeah, your, your crusade to paint me as an, anti-antalytics uh, keeps uh, failing here. Yeah, anti-vaxxing, anti-data, that's all, <laughs> that's all Pete cares about. Uh, Pat, I'll let you go before me in this one. What do you want, Buffalo, Miami? I mean, I wanted to do a Stefan Diggs one, so uh, you can, you I'll can do, say you can do Diggs still. I'll say Gabriel Davis scores a touchdown. Is that is okay. that a three? I think that's a three. Yeah, I think it's a three. Um, for me, <laughs> Pete, Pete does hate data. That's that's just one of the things we know. He he sees data and he goes run, just smashes it. <laughs> I won't be checking out any walkthroughs, fellas. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, my pick in this one will be, um, okay. I know you guys are, are both fairly, or at least I know Pete's very big. I don't know Pat about your stance on him, but Devonte Parker scores six more fantasy points than Jalen Waddle. What does that feel like? This feels like you staring at your exact projections, trying to milk a little value out, <laughs> adding one point. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, all right. I'll, I'll say, you know what? I'll just go for the gusto. How about Devontae Parker doubles up in fantasy points, Jalen Waddle? Yeah, you could oh, have, have fun good. with that. Yeah. Okay. What's what's the, what's the points all for that? Is that a 10? Doubles up? Yeah. Okay. Doubles up. Yeah, I think 10. that's probably a 10. All right. I don't know that I actually believe it, but this is kind of the game we're playing now. <laughs> we're just throwing the ball up in the air and hoping it lands somewhere. Uh, Las Pete, Vegas. Pete not in on Parker? Uh, do I not get to make a pick? Oh, no, oh, I you, thought you did. Oh, I, sorry, I wanted to do a Dolphins one. I forgot I already made a Bills Yeah, one. you did digs. Yeah, I, <laughs> see, I was so on the ball that you made me question how on the ball I was. That's how it goes. <laughs> Vegas, 20.5 implied points coming off their big win. Pittsburgh, a six-point favorite here or at home, which is kind of surprising. 26.5 implied points. Uh, the line here on the books, six points. Edge line is at four. Uh, Pete, you can go first on this one, so you can just, just have another pick. Why not? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do uh, Chase Claypool over 20 DraftKings points. Ooh, okay. So no deep targets for Chase Claypool week one. That's the way you're going. Um, I will go for me. I'll say Deontay. Oh, all right. Deontay Johnson outscores Chase Claypool. What's That's a three-pointer, right? No, that's a one-pointer. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Uh, how, Deontay Johnson doubles up Chase Claypool. You can't slander Claypool's role in one breath and then want to say that he's the underdog to Deontay Johnson in the next. All right, fine. Um, 
You're all right. I, I want to get something that's lower. You know, Pat, I'll let you go first here because I need to think about some way to both leverage against Pete and also get more points. <laughs> I'll say Juju Smith-Schuster is the highest scoring Steelers wide receiver. Okay, that's a three-pointer. Okay, I will say, okay, you know, how about this? Uh... This is not a lot We've of routes. We've all chosen our fighter of these three wide receivers. <laughs> what, what if I said Pat Fermuth and Eric Ebron outscore the collective wide receivers of Pittsburgh? Yeah, you could do that because Ebron's probably not going to play. Okay, so there you go. So that's <laughs> – is that a 10-pointer? <laughs> I mean, you uh, picked a guy who's not going to play, so I'd give it to Yeah, him. sure. That's yeah, but it's, that's why I picked the both of them, so I get the the reciprocal benefit of, of having – They have so Steelers though. tight end versus uh, outscores all the wide receivers. Yep. Okay. Sure. Okay. Now okay. You get, All right. Do you get like additional tight ends? Like if they. Yeah. I mean, if, if they have, if they advance McDonald like exists and he somehow whatever. shows up, <laughs> I guess he would count. I'll take it. I'll allow okay. It. All right. Next game up Denver, 25.5 implied points, Jacksonville, 19.5 implied points. Uh, so six point spread here favoring Denver. It is a four point line. According to edge sports. Um, how are guys? Oh, that's another thing, by the way, Pat, like that frustrates me. And I'm sure it's going to be confusing people out there. Pat works at NBC sports edge. I work at edge sports with a J and I feel like we just all need to agree as a community that we're not going to use the words edge and like all these, all these repeating things. It's just confusing at this point. You're really throwing your new employer under the bus today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying it. And, I'm oh, like, and also I'm... trying to start a war with NBC with this yeah. walkthrough thing, the edge. Well, we got some beefy Nile specs. It's it's good natured beef. I'm hoping. <laughs> okay. I think. It's not not Tupac Biggie beef though. I guess we can find out. <laughs> yeah, let's um, uh, let's not take it too far. <laughs> uh, Pat, I'll let you go first in this one. I think uh, I don't know what the order is, but you can go Denver and Jacksonville. Um, let's see. I will say. James O'Shaughnessy. Oh God. Ooh. Uh, outscores Noah Fant. Oh God. After this is coming after you yelled at me about Noah Fant's upside, you. Oh, well, that's why it's a ten pointer. <laughs> it, that's a sneaky ten pointer. Probably. I mean, even I'll allow it. I'll allow it as a ten pointer. It's closer to a three, though. Yeah. Also, Shaughnessy ran 40 routes last week, which seems Pat ridiculous. Pat knows what he's doing. It's honestly. James O'Shaughnessy. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> you know, Shaughnessy had eight intended touches last week. He had eight targets. So that's that's something. Pete, what do you want on this one? Um, I'll do a 10 pointer. I'll do Visca has an A dot over 2.4. <laughs> um, that's a I'll 20 take... pointer. Uh, Cortland Sutton outscores Jerry that Judy. What are we going to that? <laughs> you can't allow that. I want that one. Spags isn't listening. He, he's 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 let that one slip by. Pat had to stop you. Uh, um, well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad somebody's pushing back here. I'm too focused on my own picks because I want to win. All right, I'll say Visco over 20 DraftKings points for uh for three points. Okay. Look, Visca's due. I I, I think the, the real issue for Visca is that I put my stamp of approval on him too and was like, Pete, I think you're finally right. This is going to be the breakout year after that preseason and, and not looking good. Uh, just relax. Yeah, just we'll, we'll relax. see. It's early. It's early. That's what we could say. It's very early. Um, how about Tim Patrick, highest scoring pass catcher in the entire game? What's Is that a 10? That's a 10. Sure. Okay. There we go. Tim Patrick, ride or die. Uh, next game up, we got the Rams, 25.8 implied points. Indianapolis, 22.3 implied points. Four-point line here, according to the books. Uh, according to Edge Sports, like a minus two line. So uh, might be one for uh, trying to get, I guess, the uh, trying to get the Colts to cover, which I don't know if I love that. Uh, but I'll go first in this one. I'll take, I'll take Matthew Stafford throws for over 400 yards. Is that something that would be a 10-pointer? Mm, no, that's like a five. So we got to round it down to a three. What if what if we go four fifty five? Four fifty five? You're you're trying to go higher? Sure. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I didn't hear what you yeah. said. Sorry, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, a four fifty five yard day for Matt Stafford gets me ten points. What do you want, Pete? Um let's see. I want ten points if Tyler Higby doesn't play every snap again this week no i was gonna do he does play every snap so and then both 10 pointers um no okay let's uh i'll do deshaun jackson scores a td from 50 yards out okay i think that's a reasonable one pat what do you want i'll do 
all Colts wide receivers on under 10 DraftKings points. Wow, bearish. Yeah, I mean, tough shares for these guys. They were getting the ball less than, all of them got the ball less than 6% of the snaps they were on the field, which is not looking the best for the Colts, but hopefully they'll figure some stuff out. Does that, uh, does that get me 10? Is that a tenner? I think so. That seems pretty unlikely. It feels aggressive enough. I, I'll, give, I'll give it 10. I, look, I don't know, if Pete, if you've caught on my strategy. I'm going for all 10s today, so I think we should give out more 10s to Pat and you as well. No, yeah, Willis pointed it out. He wanted me to get more aggressive. My plan has been to play it up like I'm the crazy guy and then doing a bunch of three-pointers so I actually win. <laughs> that's, that's, that way you win. That That's how I win, but to quote the, yeah. <laughs> the Uncut Gems version of that meme. Uh, New England, 24.5 implied points. The Jets, 18.5 implied points. We talked about this one earlier. Books have the line minus six. Edge Sports has the line as minus three, so it might be actually a spot where the Jets could cover this one. Uh, Pat, you can go first. Who do you want from the Patriots or the Jets? Hmm. Uh, I'll say, God, this one. What am I doing here? Um, Jacoby Myers is the highest scoring pass catcher in the game. Hmm. Is that a three? Uh, yeah, that's a three. There's okay. Not a lot pass of great catcher? pass catcher. Let me let me make it receiver. Let me make it wide receiver then. If I'm only getting three. I think it's I still think, a three. I don't think that helps your cause. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm oh, saying. Wait, I want to tighten it up. I want to tighten it up. Tyler oh, Croft. okay. You want to tighten it up? Oh. All right. Okay. That's fair. Not, that's an interesting move. I should try to consider tightening it up sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm not getting the, you know, if I'm, I'd make a better three, you know? Wait, is this breaking news here? Josh Jacobs out on Sunday? Oh, wow. Um, Pat, do you have a blurb to write? I, yep. Nick Mancio yeah, one minute ago. is, uh, is, is going to be busy without me. <laughs> okay. Um, did none of us had a Jacobs related ride or die, correct? No, but okay. I would certainly bump up Kenyon Drake by a pretty good margin. Yeah. Uh, too late. Yeah. Ride <laughs> well, or just, die for the people out there. We also are trying to help people out there instead of just dick measuring here. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that valuable information. Kenyon Drake's going to get more work now that uh, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Somebody so might not know out there. That's entirely possible. What's your process? How did you get there? <laughs> Well, I, might, I I subtracted one from the running back depth chart and then added that to Kenyon Drake. Um, okay, I am going to do, is it a 10-pointer if I say Elijah Moore outscores Darian, uh, Damian Harris? Yes. Thank you. I'll take okay. it. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. That's a 10 um, I think so. Wait, Jacoby Myers is the highest scoring guy in... <laughs> I mean, I, but Elijah Moore was a non-factor. Now there's two more receivers coming in for the Jets, and he's projecting okay. him to outscore a guy who had over 25 touches. Like, I don't know. I feel I like know how to play into uh, Spags as running that's back true. bias. Yeah, you're using my biases bias. against me, which is yeah. just hurtful. Uh, um, I'll say for me, this worked as a 10-pointer last week, and I don't. I think it should still be a 10-pointer, Pete. Nelson Aguilar, highest-scoring pass catcher in the game? No, that's the same thing. That's the same That's thing Pat just tried to do. Tried to do. Well, last week, though, it was a 10-pointer. Why is it not this week? Because they were playing the... Um, who are they playing? Dolphins. I don't remember why I allowed that, but I wish I never <laughs> would have. And I'm not going to make the same mistake again. <laughs> okay. I'll take it as a three-pointer then. I'll accept that. Correct. All right. <laughs> next. <laughs> next. I like you to say correct when I do the thing that you wanted to do. Correct. <laughs> correct. Next game up, Atlanta, 19.5 implied points. Tampa Bay, 32 implied points. Uh, the line on this one looks pretty efficient. Uh, minus 13 for Tampa Bay. Edge sports line is going to be minus 12 for Tampa Bay. And I guess I'm, I'm due to go first in this one. And I will take uh, Mike first. Evans, 100 yards and a TD for 10 points. Eh? Uh, 100 yards and a TD for 10 spags. 125 yards and a TD. <laughs> Uh, 110 and a TD. 115, our sweet spot. 112.5 and a TD. 113, and I am not going lower. <laughs> Done. 113 and a TD for Mike Evans agreed upon. Pat, what do you want here? And if you want to make it a similar negotiation, please feel free. Ronald Jones, two tutties for 10. That's a 10. And I was also going to do a Ronald Jones 10-pointer. And that is Ronald Jones... And notice how I'm not going to make this site or contest specific, but he wins someone a million dollars this weekend in a DFS contest. I feel like there's only one option for that. There's a couple millionaire makers this week. Oh, are there? Okay. No. All right. Fair enough. So 
just a little so loophole which one, there. Which one are you playing him in? <laughs> <laughs> the cheaper one. <laughs> uh, also, can we talk real fast about Mike Davis? He's going to be good, right? Like, he's going to be good one of these weeks. Probably not going to be against Tampa Bay, given that they're the best run defense maybe that's ever lived, though. I guess DVOA wasn't the most friendly to them in week one. But, uh, Pat, you I'm sure you've given Mike Davis takes on your other shows, but uh, where do you stand on the great debate that occurred in the, the latter half of the preseason? You have the wrong guest on to try to get some. I Mike know. Davis I assume. I, I presume he's going to be. But you can't rank him lower than Rojo, I'll tell you what. Can you? You, you sure can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he had a big workload. Like, he had a very strong, you know, if you look at expected points and stuff like that, a uh, very strong workload last week. Um, kind of everything that the pro Mike Davis crowd was saying was going to happen, happened. But then also everything the anti-Mike Davis crowd said would happen also happened, and he was hyper-inefficient. Uh, I think one thing that's interesting about Davis is that if you look at Arthur Smith with the Titans, they didn't really throw any screens to the running backs, and you didn't see that last week either. Um, now he's going up against a really tough rush defense, so I think he can get there on receptions, but I don't think he's going to get there on like early down screens plus dump-offs. Like I think the play is basically just hoping he gets a ton of dump-offs, um, so I'm pretty out on him this week. Okay, so I think it's a reasonable take. If you ever you were not going to play Mike Davis, certainly on paper, this would be the week to do it, uh, given what we know of Tampa Bay. Uh, next game up, we got Minnesota getting 23.5 implied points, Arizona 27 implied points, and um, an interesting spot here for Arizona, given how good they looked last week. Pete, you can go first. Uh, how many points for Rondell Moore, leading, uh, leading scorer on the Cardinals, running backs included? That's got to be a 10-pointer. Thank you, done. Yeah. I think. All right, Pat, what do you want? AJ Green does not have a catch. Oh. <laughs> that makes you sad. I just like, I feel bad for AJ Green. Like, I, I think my case for him was that he had a 46% catch rate last year. I'm like, can't get worse. And then it was basically exactly where it was in week one. Small sample size, though, for sure. Eventually, Spags, you put your hand in the old, you know, NFL player flame enough, and you finally realize you don't like that feeling. But you haven't quite realized it yet. <laughs> well, you know, Melvin Gordon looked pretty good. Looked pretty spry, too, Pete. So maybe that was your little... one old W. Enjoy it because Javante's about to flip him. All right. Um, well, the ageism is on 10, by the way. Do I get 10 out of that? Uh, did you say no catches? No catches. How many catches did he have last week? Um, he's, he's, he's now not one of the top three salaried receivers. He's running so all the routes. He's, he's out there on every single route on the Cardinals. This feels okay. like pretty low probability. All right, I'll get it. See, the tr- it's probably like a five or a six pointer. We'll give him a guess, ten pointer. I'm AJ, siding with. Yeah. AJ had six targets, two catches last week. So yeah. he actually technically got worse than last year it's, with a thirty three. Like I said, it's like a five or six pointer, but we don't allow those for some reason. Uh, we've just always been that way. Uh, we'll give you. A it's guess honestly funny too because this is a uh, show that's a football show. Why do we not do one three seven <laughs> or like one three seven ten even? Or one. I mean, why one is not a one the least an extra point. Of all. One's the loneliest. Yeah, yeah but number. you can't score that's it on, true. on its own. Uh, uh, there's lots of go. problems with this show, and honestly, that's one of the least <laughs> of them. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a fair. I guess it starts from the top down on this show. <laughs> Things that could be better. Uh, for me, I will take. Um, I'll take Arizona wins. What's the ten pointer here, Pete? If they win by two touchdowns, is that ten? What's the spread? Spags? Spread is minus four. Minus four, uh, they win by two. A 10-pointer would be, sure. Uh, what do you think, Pat? Win by 17? Yeah, that sounds like a 10. All right, fine. I'll take win- the the Cardinals win by 17 will be my 10-pointer. There you go. I think, I think Minnesota's going to get some tough times. Tennessee, 23.8 implied points. Next game, Seattle, 30.3 implied points in this one. And uh, Pete, you can go first. I think you just might have gone first, but do it again. Um, I will say... I mean, everyone's playing Chris... How many points do I get for DK Metcalf outscores Chris Carson? Feels like a three-pointer. I think it's a three, yeah. Thank you. Done. All right, Pat, what do you want? Mm. Well, I'll take God. This this is a tough game because I want it to be, but I don't think the Titans are really going to show up. Um, what do I get for Henry? Derrick Henry less than ten DraftKings points. That's a three. Yeah, I think it's a three. Does that every other week, Pat? <laughs> okay, I'll take the three. Take um, the three. 
I will take what about two pass catchers from Seattle have over 25 fantasy points to combined? No, no, each. So they combined oh. for over 50. Oh, sure. Okay, for a 10. I feel like that's a 10. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like getting to this part of the show where Peach is beaten down and willing to give me him. <laughs> that's a, I think that's a decent. It's, that's like a, that's like an eight. It's an eight. It's an eight, but we don't have eight, so I'll round up. <laughs> right. Next game up, the big one: Dallas twenty-five point eight implied points, Chargers twenty-nine point three implied points. All the stacks on the line. Pat, what do you want in this game? Wait, sorry, just to clarify on the rules, you don't have eights, uh, but do you have nines? No, we don't have nines. We do have okay. ones, threes, and tens. Can I interest you in one of those? We are out <laughs> okay. of four, five, six, seven, eights, and also twos. Well, the issue is at seven, eight, nine. I think. Yeah. Um. So wait. So we're doing the Chargers. Yes. yes. Austin Eckler scores forty draft points. That's a ten forty. Pointer. Okay, that's yeah. How's he going to do that without catching any passes, Pat? <laughs> He's going to do it by catching passes because he catch because he catches passes. I love I love the Austin Eckler freak out of what if he doesn't catch passes anymore? It's Austin Eckler. <laughs> All right. Um, is it a ten pointer, Pete, if Mike Williams were to outscore every single pass catcher in this game? Yes. Okay, that's my pick. I mean it's a it's a savvy pick by you. Um it's probably like a six and a half pointer, but we don't have those. Um so I will <laughs> give you the ten. They're all sold. What out. was mine? My I feel like mine was like a fifteen pointer. I think yours is it's a thirteen on the Richter scale for sure. Yeah, you're yeah. you're doubling the projection plus a little bit more. You're giving a tip on the yeah. doubling the projection. I, because yeah. that because I, I I want the people to think. You know, I'm trying to get them going. I'm trying to trying to provide. It's a thought starter, there. really. It's not it's not this this isn't so much a game or a competition as it is just kicking out thought starters. Yeah, I really it, the just crossed my, it just crossed my mind to say. Uh, I'll take uh, Cowboys with the points and then just in the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will take, I'll, I'll take 10 points. Tony Pollard outscores Zeke. Okay. Is that a really a 10 pointer? Oh, come on. Where is your God now? Yeah, of course that's a 10 pointer. Where is my God now? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that I was. Just, a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> I, I would have assumed you love Zeke. I do. I do love Zeke. That's fine. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it. We've been generous with 10 pointers today, I think, though. I should negotiate back at you, I feel like, based on previous right. precedent. So it's an eight pointer, but we don't have those. So it is a 10 pointer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 10 pointer. Last game on the Sunday slate. Of course, this is Sunday night football. Kansas City Chiefs, 29 implied points. Baltimore, 25.5 implied points. Uh, books have it as minus four. Edge Sports Lines minus two. So if you're going to have a fun Sunday bet, I would try to take uh, the the points here. But uh, what are you feeling about it, Pat, to to close us out for Sunday night football? And just for the, uh, the update here, we do usually pick just the showdown captain, and that's a guaranteed 10 pointer. Oh okay. Um, like the the correct showdown captain. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I, you know, I we we've also been kind of ruling out some people that are very obvious, but I feel like in this game nobody's that obvious because there's too many good guys, so you can just well, take and whatever. The pricing, you know, takes care of it too. I mean, it, it's hard for yeah those guys to sometimes be it. Uh, go for it. I, mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the pricing on showdown at all. Uh, also, the chat is yelling at me for for not tightening up my Eckler bet, but that's not the point. The point no. is to get you guys thinking. No. <laughs> um. So. I will take Mark Andrews to outscore Travis Kelsey. Okay. All right, that is spicy. Mm-hmm. I'll take uh I'll take Meikle Hardman, winning showdown, captain. Doubling, That's tripling, a good one. quadrupling down. I will Wait, take was mine ten, by the way. Um, so you were supposed to pick a showdown captain. Um do you oh, want to say to Mark Andrews? Captain? Generally the show dictates that you do have to then pick. Then I'll pick a I'll pick Mark Andrews. I don't even know his price, but he's gonna be the guy. I okay. don't know. I don't know Meikle's. It's going to be cheap enough that yeah, like anybody's not a QB, I think is pretty much eligible. Um, yeah, I would say for me, I will take Marquise Brown. I don't want to. Le- I don't want to leverage against Patty of all people. I would prefer to leverage against Pete, but I will take Marquise Brown, showdown winning captain. Also, didn't practice today. Done. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, I thought he did practice. I thought he was back today, but was out the last oh, no. two days. He was at, He was out yesterday. I have yeah. the CBS <laughs> I think he practiced today. You're so excited to dunk on me. You don't even care about factual accuracy for the people out there. <laughs> did practice yesterday. I'd be pretty concerned with that pick. 
<laughs> we got in the chat to Alex Berg saying Tyree kill 40 DK points, one pointer. Based on the show went, I think that actually would have been the case. We he would have said that's a two and a half pointer, so it's basically a one. Yeah. We don't have two and a half pointers, so we do have to round up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat, give the people the plugs here. You are doing great work over at NBC Sports Edge. People, I'm sure if they're watching this show, they are checking out Ship Chasing, but if not, make sure to check that out. One of the best football podcasts out there, I guess, besides this one. So, Pat, get the floor is yours. Plug whatever you please. Yeah, ship chasing. We just had our first waiver wire show of the year. Uh, better organized than last year when we were trying to frantically put in bids. But at the same time, we did just give away our bids minutes before uh, they locked, so that wasn't ideal either. So the, the first waiver wire show is always fun. We're gonna be doing that every Wednesday, uh, nine fifteen. We we kind of talk through the waivers right up until lock for the the high stakes leagues. Um, and then yeah, I've got this new column that I mentioned earlier. Uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stats that I was referencing for this show are coming right out of that column, um, previewing all the games. Uh, very excited to get this out Friday after Friday walkthrough. I, uh, <laughs> that's actually funny because Pat Pat Darty's column is called the uh, Sunday Aftermath. So I've, the the fact that we're named Pat, I'm now mixing up our columns. But mine is called the Friday walkthrough, um, and that'll be out later today. And then uh, I also mentioned on Sunday nights we're gonna have a pod out. We, we had this out last week. We're going to be doing it every week. I'm talking to all of the blurbers who cover all the NFL games for us um, and getting a, a recap of every single NFL game that will hit your podcast feeds late Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, so that's that. always look for that because I think that's going to be a great way just to kind of realize what happened very quickly um, if you didn't have a chance to see all the games. And if for some reason you don't have YouTube, watch it on Peacock. Watch some of the content on there, too. That's exciting to see you guys get on there. And I think a good move for really the industry overall to have some of that stuff in the ecosystem. Pete, you, you have a million plugs, I'm sure. But pick your most choice plugs to close this out. Um, yeah, I will be back on Saturday uh, or sorry, Sunday morning uh, to do a final kind of GPP strategy show. Talk about all of those late movements with ownership and news. So if you guys are building lineups, uh, 1030 on Sunday morning. Yep, so go check that out. Make sure to follow at Pat Crane. Follow at Peter Rovers at follow at Chris Spaggs. Also, make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Check out all the packages on there. I mean, there's actually just one. I'm so used to the Osmo shill where I need to adjust my shilling accordingly. There's just one package on there, and it's very cheap. So go get the FO Plus data in your life over there because we appreciate them presenting this show. And make sure to go rate us on Apple Podcasts, five stars and a review. If you leave a review with your at handle on there, we will find you and enter you in a contest to be a guest here. Realistically, honestly, I can't can't imagine we're going to get that many entries. There is a very high probability of you being a guest on this very show. If you go leave us five stars and a review. So go do that. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Enjoy your weekends and good luck. 